0: everyone and welcome to Minute 62 of The Great Escape Minutes, the daily podcast where we dig into The Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob. I'm Tom. And once again today joining us is Richard Kirkham of Kirkham, A Movie A Day and the uh, host of The Lambcast. Welcome back, Richard.
1: Good to be here again. It's always fun talking about movies. Of course,
0: especially The Great Escape. Especially, we didn't even mention this yesterday. We, we've, we've actually passed the, the, the one-hour mark. We're, we're, we're almost a third of the way through this movie. <laughs> so, you know, hopefully hopefully everyone's been enjoying it so far and that they're going to continue enjoying it. So, as much as you've listened to up until now, you have almost twice as much coming. Stay tuned for some great episodes. Minute 62 starts off with Werner looking in awe at a chocolate bar. And finishes with Henley looking at the contents of Werner's wallet.
1: Nice bookends there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, Everything is connected to Werner, <laughs> as we discussed yesterday. The whole the whole idea of this of, of this scene is for uh, Henley to try and get something from Werner, whether it's friendship or when we find out at the end of this minute that it's uh, a little more than than friendship. No, not that way. It's just uh, you know. <laughs> He, he's trying to bribe him to, to to get stuff, get information from him. And so we know that, that he uh, gets a wallet at the end. So as, as I mentioned before, this minute starts with uh, Werner picking up the, the red chocolate bar and, and taking a hard look at it, where you you can see in some ways his mouth watering. You know, as as we mentioned yesterday, when Henley's taking everything out, he starts looking and, and you know, he's, he's amazed at all the things that, that, that he actually has that he got from his grandmother. But again, we've established that at least... James Garner is 35, so to say that his grandmother is still alive, it, it, Werner has to believe it. Whether we believe it or not is a different story. The, 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 the idea is that Werner needs to believe it. Yeah, what were you thinking about I, I
1: was thinking, you know, it may be that Henley is just using the reference to his grandmother as a euphemism for the Red Cross – uh, and the packages that the prisoners would get, it may he may not have meant it literally that it was his grandmother. He's just saying, you know, somebody who's out there looking after him. Uh, I don't I don't know that he needed to depersonalize it that way and make it, you know, substitute the idea that hey, I'm getting something from an official organization. But
0: uh, he, he's talking about, I think, it a little bit more metaphorically than literally. Okay, that's very possible. That's very true. I, I think it also has to do with the, partially with the fact that that he knows that Werner's English isn't that great, so he can say whatever you want. Yeah, you know, there's there's a whole idea of European in English, you know, for, for non uh, you know for foreign language speakers, you know, non English speakers. That there are certain things that sometimes you can say and they might not grasp it because I mean. As we see throughout the movie, the the, the the English speakers make a lot of fun of the German speakers by, you know, with by by the way they 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 speak to them and, and talk to them uh, sometimes in sarcastic ways and sometimes in in literal ways. So it it might be that part of the whole idea here is that that you know he's he's just trying to to, to throw a few jabs at him that you know I can say whatever I want because you're not going to understand it doesn't matter. Have you guys um,
1: talked about the original uh, people that the story is based on yet? Uh, because this. Uh, Henley's character is based on a real person, and that person actually did speak German.
0: Yes, that's okay. true. But we've 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 touched on things in 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 very minute fashion. But go ahead. What, what do well, you have that's to say about? It
1: seems Sorry. like that would be an easier way for somebody to kind of create this relationship where they could become friends, potentially bribe them, uh, manipulate them a little bit if you speak the same language. And they don't make use of it here in the movie, but in uh, the actual circumstances, I think it would have been a lot easier for a prisoner to connect with a guard if he shared the language
0: with the guard to some degree. Right. I mean, as as I mentioned yesterday, when I was uh, quoting from the book, so there there, there were new, numerous uh, POWs, you know, that would that would get the, the the Germans to you know to try and butter them up uh, by giving them coffee and. Uh, you know other cigarettes and different uh, other goodies that they were trying to get um, the truth is, is based on what i read henley isn't based on a specific character he's an amalgamation of, of numerous ones but there was someone named i think axel i think the book mentions that 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 was his name where he was a german speaker cuz cuz obviously the the germans didn't really speak english
1: well i i checked on a website uh, Stalag luft free mm-hmm. great escape And according to them, uh, marcel Eric Zelsen, who was born in Northampton in England to a German father and an Irish mother, and he uh, was encouraged to go into the family business and encouraged by his father, who was German, to study in Berlin. And that's where he got his education and was familiar with the language and the customs of that society. Uh, And apparently he was contacted by British intelligence who wanted him to be in their spy service, but he preferred to uh, stand up to the enemy face-to-face. Um,
0: and he unfortunately really got to got there face-to-face. Yes,
1: yes. He was shot down uh, on the 6th of April – no, he yeah. the 6th of April, <clears throat> coincidentally, uh, in 1943 during the Battle of Audwadi Arat in Tunisia – and subsequently moved to Italy, where after the usual interrogation, he was transported on to Stalag Luft um, 3. Then he changed his name to Axel. Uh-huh. So that's, where, okay. that's where it comes from. We
0: are talking about the same guy. Yeah, we're talking about the exact same guy, Axel, yeah. that, 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 that I know. Like I said, the, the site that I saw showed that that, uh, that Henley isn't based on a specific person, but on numerous people. Yeah, that's fine. That's good, too. N- great information. No question about that. You know, in this scene, Henley's continuing to empty out the closet with all the the loot that he got from uh, Mac, you know, uh, last week. What what I found really interesting is when he takes out the the butter that Mac gave him that that he says is Von Luger's butter, you know, that he was able to. No, sorry. Henley said that he he was able to get uh, Von Luger's butter, butter, if I remember correctly. But my question is, is how does Werner know that it's Von Luger's butter? My guess it. It doesn't state it. It's not like it's going to be stamped on it. This belongs to the commandant. Don't go near it. Yeah. What were you saying, Richard? Do you guess that?
1: My guess would be that it's a German brand and that there was some question about uh, supplies that went missing. That would be one of those things that uh, probably guards would have been ordered to. Supplies have been missing uh, from the uh, uh, stock of... uh, what, what Van Luger,
0: Van Luger's uh, his pantry. Ah, okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, they they said that someone stole stole butter from from his pantry. Okay, that, that right. that's a good uh, not way Because Captain Queen, that's very very, very about plausible.
1: Strawberries, but uh, he says stuff is missing from the uh, pantry, and uh, keep your eyes open for it.
0: Yeah. Okay. No, that that that's actually plausible. I didn't think about that fact. I was thinking to myself. You know that that you know that they're sitting in the the German mess hall and von Luger's sitting there with the butter. You know, <laughs> and 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 not letting anyone else have. So it's like, oh, okay. Now we know that this is von Luger's butter. Yeah. Your, your your explanation is is probably more plausible than mine. <laughs> and I, I love the way that Henley just says, oh, will keep it. I won't yeah, tell anybody. it's no big deal
1: well he wants to, he wants to establish that relationship hey we 're buddies, you know we 'll keep each other secrets it 's not a problem, you take it, and it 'll be fine
0: you know? yeah, Ingratiating himself uh, a little bit more to Werner <laughs> yeah, but at this point Werner starts to get even, scared, even more scared than he was before Very you know, he's, right. the whole time he's, 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 you see that the, the, his level of of fear keeps raising keeps rising a little by little by little each time in this case there's there's no question about that. I mean he's like, "Okay, you got von Luger's butter? I'm out of here.
2: <laughs> it almost seems like Henley, without knowing where we're going at the end of the minute, that Henley is pushing it too far. you know as he keeps going, he pulls out the von Luger's butter. it's you know obviously, we see what his end game really was, but it's you know at the start of the minute, he's got the hook set he's just a real in but instead of reeling them in, he just keeps playing with them. He's like, well, I've got all these other things, too. What do you think about all of this? And in doing so, it just pushes Werner a little too far and goes, I can deal with a certain level of risk. At this point, the risk is too great for whatever reward I think I can get out of this. Right. No, I
0: agree with that. I I, I think that, that, that Henley... Went in with a general plan, but not a specific plan, just to see where things are going to go. I think also part of it has to do with the fact that the way that they wrote the script, because, because, you know, the the movie's already three hours. And the, 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 the amount of time that passes here in the movie is much shorter than what happened in in real life. I mean, they had the the whole escape took, uh, the whole planning of the escape and, and the escape itself took about a year. Uh, but there's there's no way that in this movie that's the way it is. I mean, this make they make it seem here that this all happens within a, a few short months. So, you know, to try and establish that he's starting a, a, a friendship with with Werner little by little, which is probably what really happened. You know, with uh, Axel or with any of the other POWs is much harder to show here. So they they probably decided the, the screenwriters decided that okay, let's just put this all together, and we'll have this one scene where the whole everything escalates to a point where okay, now we're gonna just do it real quickly. We're and Henley is r- Henley
1: is smart enough to improvise in the moment too. He recognizes that uh, Werner's Verner's become skittish and he has to make an adjustment in this situation. He's gonna lose his fish. So he get you know, he he tries another tact, he uses the he tries to force the bait on it, well and of course he uses that as subterfuge for what comes next.
0: Right now i love I, I, I really like the way that, that that Henley says you can keep it. we're friends, and uh, you know and, and Werner goes back, will we still be friends with you in the cooler?
1: Yes <laughs> when,
0: you know, I, I, it depends on on you know what you're willing to get me, what you're willing to get me
1: <laughs> well, at this point it, and I think that this is going to be one of the things that happens uh, when you look at a later sequence um he's got to he's got to get werner on the hook so that he can use him a heck of a lot more than just an, a casual friendship he's got to get something on him and this is where he gets the opportunity to get something on him because getting a hold of uh, the wallet and the papers that come up here in just a second that that puts werner, werner in the in dutch basically with the uh, with the camp because he's going to be the one who's responsible for giving out key information, even though it's inadvertent, even though he was taken advantage of. uh, Yeah. He's not going to be in the cooler. He's going to be at the Russian front.
0: Exactly. I mean, and, and, states it, you know, he says, you know, Werner says, okay, I'm going to go report this. And they're like, okay, what are you going to report that you were in, that you were in my room alone with me? Exactly.
1: That we were chatting in my room. And exactly. uh, you found this? Yeah, he that's when he starts setting the hook that uh, he can blackmail him, and now he's got to get something
0: more on him, which he does. Yeah. Um, what, 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 I, I wonder how he knows where, where his wallet is. Yeah. All right. This is where I'm
1: going to pop in with my little bit of business because I have a, a small amount of familiarity with this. I'm not an expert on it. Um, you're, I think you're a pickpocket? My father was. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ooh, great. great. My father was a professional magician and he had a pickpocket act that he did. And, uh, that would be one of the things that you routinely did was you would find a subterfuge to get close to somebody. You'd, for example, you would steal their watch and then give them back their watch. And while they're fussing with their watch, you would pat them down on their, uh, jacket to see what they have in their, in the pockets of their jacket. And when he starts shoving the chocolate bar into Werner's uh you know, waistband, uh that gives him a chance to take you know, put pressure in one place while he's applying pressure in another spot. That's you know a very typical kind of uh activity that you do with uh picking somebody's pocket. Uh which oh, is wow. why why people are always, you know, told to be careful whenever somebody bumps up against you because that's really what's going on is you're paying attention to that and you're not paying attention to other things
2: that are going on. Interesting. Wow. Okay. That's actually very fascinating. I never thought about that. I, um, yeah. Well, I guess I always, so something I've just noticed anecdotally, and you guys can either help confirm this or deny it. Most people I, most men I know carry their wallet in their dominant sides, back pocket. So, right-handed people carry their wallet in their back right pocket, left-handed people carry it in their back left, which it also seems like Werner's right-handed, so it does also give us a little indicate where he carries it. I don't know if either of you do it differently. but
0: Okay, that's interesting. I mean, I, I keep my wallet in, for any pickpocket who wants to try and get it for <laughs> me, um, I keep my wallet in my front right pocket.
1: Yeah, same here. Oh, you know, because I th- I think I'm more likely to notice if somebody's doing that, and I don't like sitting on my wallet.
0: Yeah, I the same reason. <laughs> I have the exact same uh, reason for that. But these guys,
1: these guys, you know, Werner's wearing a uniform, so there is a jacket as well as uh, uniform pockets, and they and there may not be uh, the same number of pockets that you have to go
0: through. I don't know. Right. Wow, that's actually fascinating that your father was, was a professional pickpocket uh, slash magician. <laughs> professional yes, magician. Yes.
1: yes. <laughs> yeah, he didn't make his living stealing from people, uh, but he did uh, do a, an act where he did, uh, you know, take do all those kinds of things. Take people's wallets and their watches and their jewelry and their neckties and a variety of stuff. And it was fun. He told you his secrets? You know, I'm not asking you to tell me. I lived with the man for most of his life. I picked up things. He taught me stuff when I was a kid, but I lost interest in magic as a potential vocation somewhere along the line when I got to high school, and uh, I got interested in girls and more interested in that.
0: (laughs) Right. No, I I wasn't asking you to to (laughs) bulge all the the secrets, but I always look at magicians, and, and I know that what they're doing is a trick. But I can't always tell what, how they're doing the trick. You know, like the whole the whole idea where where you know they put they they write something down and put it in a box. You know, who's going in uh, an election or who's going to win the, the Oscars or whatever it is, and then you know they open up the safe and and it has the right answers. I never know how they do it. I know it's a trick because I, I I don't believe that people really are are clairvoyant and you know are not able that to, clairvoyant. to, to <laughs> no no not at all. So that that always it always fascinates me to to look at at those things happening knowing that 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 is a trick but well, there's always a not really caring enough how they do it it would be, fe- a, it would be interesting to hear but there's always
1: know. a combination of uh a trick but also some physical skill that you have to go through uh there's a there's a there's a way to manipulate cards so that you can force cards on people you can move a card from one spot to another you can uh locate cards in a particular order but you have to have the physical skills to do that. You have to know not only how to do it, but you have to practice doing it. And it's one of those things that, you know, you've got to spend your 10,000 hours doing. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> At this point, you know, after after he does the pickpocket uh, shtick, you know, he he takes the wallet and the, the minute actually ends with uh, with him smiling as he starts, uh, you know, he smirks. As he, actually, he smirks in a devilish way. As, as he seems to be inspecting the wallet, which which makes you wonder what, what his, you know, uh, civilian pr- profession was. <laughs> you never know. Maybe he was a magician. Maybe he was just... A thief. You know. <laughs> well, who knows? You know, in a few years from now, he's actually part of the Ocean's Eleven team. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's it. Exactly. Um, do
0: of you have anything else for this minute?
2: Um, I got two quick things. One is that that is an incredibly conveniently-sized bar of chocolate. Um, Those are large chocolate bars. And it just happened... Yes, it's big enough to hide the big wallet behind. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I wonder is, you know, you watch movies where you have pickpockets made recently, and they're always much cleaner than this one is. And I wonder if this is James Garner just not being particularly adept at it or if it's intentionally made to look clunky so that we as the audience see it. But if it's intentionally clunky so we as the audience see it, I go back to when Steve McQueen picked the keys off the guard and were specifically not shown when he does it.
0: Right. right. Well, I do know that those are tricks.
1: I do know that they do sometimes make things intentionally clunky for audiences to notice that. Um, I have a friend uh, who is a magician who helped me sell my father's equipment after my father had. Uh, developed alzheimer's and i needed to sell everything and he was a an actor also he's also a consultant in movies and and a magician and he did um uh the maverick movie which by the way does feature james garner uh and he he plays the crooked he plays the crooked dealer at the end of the um the big game at the in the movie and he had a smooth move that he used to switch the decks and the director Richard Donner didn't want it because he said the audience has to notice they have to notice that the switch has taken place so they had him do it in a different way so that may very well be what happened here they want they want us to notice that he is doing something to get the wallet well the uh, subterfuge is going on with the chocolate bar in the waistband
0: Okay, that's definitely possible. Okay, uh, do you have anything else for this minute? No, nope. I don't. Okay, Richard, you want to once again tell people how they can find you uh, online? You can, yes, you can
1: locate me at my uh, personal website, uh, Kirkham a Movie a Day. By the way, I have two sites. One's a doppelganger of the other. It's all the same content. One's on WordPress. One's on Blogger. Uh, but Kirkham a Movie a Day. If you type that in, that'll take you to the WordPress site. Uh, you have to go to Blogspot to get the other site, but both of them have pretty much the same content. There are a few extras on the Blogspot site that I don't have on the WordPress site, but either is great. And, of course, come and listen to me and my guests on a regular basis on the weekly podcast, The Lambcast.
0: All right, All right great. Uh, you, hopefully we'll willing to come back tomorrow. We haven't tortured you too much. No, oh, I'm looking forward to it. Another couple and of I? days of
1: this, and I should be ready to watch the whole movie again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, just watch it one minute at a time. Okay. You know? <laughs> All right. Uh, so we'd appreciate if anyone, everyone listening uh, can uh, go to their, uh, the podcatcher that they use and uh, rate, review, and subscribe to, to this podcast. You can reach us by uh, going to our website, thegreatescapeminute.com. You can join us on our Facebook group to chat with us at uh, the Cooler. You can uh, write to us on Twitter. Uh, our Twitter handle is uh, Great Escape MXM. Or you can just uh, send us an email at uh, the great minute at com. So hopefully we'll be uh, we'll back tomorrow. That's it for today. Tally ho. Tally ho. Tally ho.